Whether you're on the go with a summer vacation or decide to spend your free time with a staycation, the No-So's got you covered. Relive your favorite era of wrestling with New Gen on a Mission, Wrestling Warzone, Extreme Three-Way Dance, or the Ruthlessly Aggressive Podcast. Keep in touch with the modern era with GC Dub, Clotheslines and Headlines, you know what that means, and Viewer's Choice. Or sit down and nerd out with No Holds Barred, WWE War, or The Wrestler That Was. It's summertime, and the living is easy. Because you've got the North South Connection. NorthSouthConnection.com. I, Vincent Kennedy McMahon, am an unqualified success. wrestling promoter throughout North America. I kicked every one of their asses. The fraud, the messing with me. What's your secret? More than any one quality that makes me the successful man that I am. Ruthless aggression. So I want to know here tonight, as you stand here on my ring, which one of you has that quality? Who among you has that one single ingredient? Who has enough? No info for the DEN, federal agents mad because Welcome back to the Ruthless Exercise. I'm your host, Jake. Joining me again, as he did last time and will for this entire pay-per-view cycle, is Keith Langston. Keith, how you doing? Oh, I am doing great. I mean, you're torturing me with uh, 2000, revisiting 2003 and Rene Dupree, but I guess I can deal with it, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, truly, I've become a. Um, a t- <laughs> I am an torture. <laughs> right, um, Keith. Have you ever have you ever taken a lie detector test? As we'll obviously get to tonight. Has this uh, uh, ever come up? Not an official one. I mean, I feel like I had an ex girlfriend <laughs> at one point or another who claimed that she was a lie detector test, but uh, no, I've never taken an official lie detector test. Thankfully, uh, but I'm sure I would have failed it at some point because they would have asked some question, and I would have been like, you know, they would have asked if I watched Melrose Place, and I would have said no, and then there would have been a whole thing of yes, yes, I can't believe that Bing. she did this. Oh. So, Buzz. yeah. <laughs> um. Anyway. Uh, yes, as tonight we will see the uh, the next chapter in the Mister America saga, as we will get to the uh, lie detector test. And uh, but before we do that, we will get to Raw. So, uh, but I actually have a couple of uh, news notes here. I have um, 
So I have nothing too crazy. Like uh, the main uh, thing here is that Meltzer is worried that WWE's um, obviously this would not come to fruition, but just the business struggling a bit in this era in that to him, they seem a little bit like late era uh, WCW, mm. uh, though he doesn't think they're in huge trouble. He does see some similarities here. So uh, you think there's any truth to that? Maybe a bit extreme, but he does admit that it's not that dire, but he sees a little bit of the same decision making. So, I mean, I think that it's, it's a tough era only because it's just, you can tell it. Like, I think we talked about this last time, just it's a big transition period. Uh, do I think that they were in danger of anything? No, I don't think they did anything that was that egregious to be considered like, you know, late era WC. I mean, the booking in WCW in 2000, 99, 2000 was abysmal at best. I don't think that's this bad. I mean, I think there's there's a lot of because uh, I mean, I think even by late era WCW, even like the Cruiserweight stuff was terrible. So at least there's still stuff that's bright, shining moments here. And I think that for some things and that's a difference between that's the main difference between this and WCW. So I don't think there was any bright and shining moments in late era WCW. And I'm, and I actually watched all of it, you know, and I, I just, mm-hmm. I can't remember anything, you know, it was so convoluted and just constantly, it was terrible. So no, Meltzer's just being Meltzer. Of course. Me- yeah. Meltzer's going to melt. It, uh, always. Uncle Dave's going to Uncle Dave. Yeah. yeah. I would say, this era, it's not as much actively bad all the time as it is. It seems at times like they're just mailing it. I think it's a bigger issue, yeah. which I think for them being the only show around now is not going to like tank the business, but they are in a bit of a downswing. And I think you can kind of see them resting on their laurels a bit as they can at, mm-hmm. at these times coming off of boom. But um, the only other thing that we have here is that um, we, we get a lot of reports this time because obviously OVW is, you know, running pretty hard right now. And that's where they're getting a lot of these talent that we're seeing debut. Um, but we get a mention of a, uh, a youngster named Carly Cologne as impressive mm-hmm. officials. Uh, wow. So hmm. I wonder, what, I wonder if he's, wonder if he's gonna ever blow up into anything big. <laughs> right. So uh, a youngster, just like his father. Yeah. One of the youngsters. Yeah. <laughs> right. um, but that's about it. Uh, nothing too much. Uh, again, kind of a, a typical, not the hottest stretch as far as like what's going on. We're just kind of chugging along here, but we will head to Raw, Keith. So this would be the May 26, 2003 Raw. We are live from Mobile, or as some would call Mobile, Alabama. Mm-hmm. Mobile, Alabama. Uh, Mobile, Alabama. We get a recap of last week's uh, the entire story that we talked about with Flair and them facing Triple H. So we get a, a nice little recap to remind us of that. And then we start the show with one uh, Shawn Michaels. So HBK heads out. First, he introduces Flair. Uh, JR says that they are the best of their respective generations. Shawn says that Flair was the reason he wanted to wrestle. And being good was never going to be good enough because uh, he always wanted to be as great as Flair was. Flair looks very emotional here. And Sean says that last week, uh, Flair proved that he is the GOAT. Uh, and he wants to know where he stands. And so he wants to face Ric Flair tonight. Mm. Rick thanks Sean, but he said he passes the torch, but he accepts the challenge. Here comes Triple H to interrupt this. Uh, says that this all is making him sick. Uh, he's the one that's responsible for bringing the Nature Boy back because he was a shell of a man when he came back. 
and uh, Triple H brought him back, and that was his goal last week, to fully bring back the Nature Boy, Ric Flair, and he did exactly what he was hoping to do. And mm-hmm. so now he can't turn his back on him and bite the hand that feeds because without Triple H, there would be no Nature Boy right now. Um, Flair goes off on him, says that he's not a subservient jerk, but he stands alone. Triple H gets really pissed at this point and says, I brought you back, and uh, says that the window is uh, the window is closing comes to cut them off says that austin doesn't says that he will do flair versus sean but it's not going to be tonight here in alabama we'll get the paper bad blood but tonight what we will get is going to be hbk and rick flair teaming up against triple h so yeah. uh, triple h obviously not happy about this development but uh yeah i i think this is actually a pretty you know, this is like I said last week. This is to me much more interesting than what they've been doing with Nash, who seems sure. to be dead in the water. So I think this is a fairly interesting storyline that at least has some like different directions that they could go. We'll see how it plays out throughout the night. But I thought it was at least an intriguing start to the show. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's 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 like you said. It just to kind of piggyback on what you said. It's it's. It's different than what they're doing with Kevin Nash. The Kevin Nash stuff is just plotting at best. I mean, I don't know. I, I've i always kind of thought that Nash was plotting <laughs> very just slow and very mm-hmm. – <laughs> I think I think Roman Reigns has gone to the Kevin Nash school of, of – uh, of how to do, <laughs> how to wrestle because it just seems that's all he is now is just very slow and methodical and I understand it but I always like when people would talk about about Triple H being that way and then it's like nah Triple H actually there was there was like purpose with his his slow moving you know I didn't feel that way with with uh, Kevin Nash I mean and again. You're giving Flair and Shawn Michaels an opportunity to go out there and steal the show. This is this is a great direction for this show. Right. And so you get and also it's the I, I've said this when he first uh, came back, but we're getting into like this early part of like the dream match era of Shawn Michaels. And so there's another one they're throwing at right. us with, you know, it's it's odd because it's almost kind of thrown as like not the biggest deal. They're not hyping this as some kind of dream match, but on paper, it is a pretty big deal. Like, oh, yeah. Uh, HBK and Flair. Yeah. So we're kind of setting that up for bad blood, even though it's not even presented as like, you know, the marquee attraction here. It is. And obviously we saw last week that Flair is able to kind of turn it back when he wants to. So mm-hmm. that's mm-hmm. definitely interesting. And then we get to see where this is going to play out with, uh, yeah. with uh, Flair this whole little triangle they have going on. And then obviously Nash is probably going to play a role somehow. So yeah, mm-hmm. not the worst, you know, 15 minute promo to start a raw. Yeah. Yeah. Not too bad. All right. Uh, they're very into this fan voting thing. I guess they like figured this out. I guess someone in marketing or said, look, we got to get on this. Uh, you know, I think we discussed the American idol effect maybe, but yeah. uh, they're going to have another vote tonight and it's going to be, this is a little bit of a goofy one, but will Goldberg spear Jericho? So. <laughs> right. Will Goldberg spear Jericho? That's the, uh, the, the dumbest uh, question. <laughs> will Goldberg. Right. And I can just picture Vince like pitching this. Oh, will Goldberg spear Jericho? It's going to be great. Right, like <laughs> it's ridiculous. Is Stone Cold gonna stun or someone? Like, yeah. uh, probably, yeah. maybe. Um, but anyway, so we have that tonight because obviously, hype from last week. Goldberg and Jericho will meet in the uh, highlight reel. As mm-hmm. Jericho admitted, he was the one behind the attempted vehicular manslaughter of Goldberg. Um, but we will go to our uh, our first match of the night. Slaughter. I just love the vehicular manslaughter. It's such an amazing. Uh, 
term for a crime. It just is, yes. Manslaughter is just such a clunky <laughs> word, ridiculous term. Oh, God. Um, but we'll go to our first match, which is going to be Booker T versus Test. Uh, we find out that Booker is going to be facing Christian at Bad Blood. So starting to already put this card together kind of quickly here. Um, we are told that Test and uh, Steiner, that their tag team after the shenanigans last week at the pay-per-view, it appears to be it for them, that they've kind of gone their separate ways. Uh, mm-hmm. King gets in a, a dig at Booker T. He says that Booker T went to a rough high school, that there was an obituary column in the school paper, which... Good corny king like <laughs> But uh, match itself, we, we get a strike exchange. Test takes over a clothesline to a headlock. Booker T fires up as he usually does. It's suplex, hits the spinner Rooney. Uh, but Test ends up pulling Stacy into one of Booker's baseball slide. Uh, mm-hmm. Stacy sells it pretty well. She just drops completely like comatose. Uh, mm-hmm. Of course, here comes uh, Steiner Hogan to come check on her as we get. The most great value of great value mega powers here. Steiner checks on her. Tess gets distracted, of course, and, and Booker wins with the axe kit kick. So, uh, I mean, match was whatever. Uh, Booker T looked okay, and as you know, as far as comeback was all good. Um, not a bad tune-up match for him, given he's getting an intercontinental title shot. But it was just a vehicle for the this the same Stacy spot that we're going back to every week. We just need yeah. to move on. Okay, like what's the next chapter? Like, are we just going to do the entire month every time? Like literally paint. This is like kind of what I was saying earlier. Like this is very mailed in. It's like wrestling one-on-one, but they're not really doing it. It's not executed with any pizzazz really. It's just kind of, Oh, yep. She comes out gets hit, and that's it. So I, I think that mm-hmm. I get the feeling that they built a lot around the main storyline. And then that was it. Like everything else is just like, it's just mm-hmm. throw spaghetti on the wall. See if something sticks, you know? So that's kind of how I felt with this. Like, I feel it's the same thing because you could tell, like, the Triple H, Shawn Michaels stuff, like, that's a big deal. Even, like, the Goldberg stuff is, like, a big deal. Everything else after that is just like, eh, whatever. It's just time to kill until we get to Goldberg or time we kill again until we get to Triple H. And that's what this is right here. At least with the yeah. Stacey and mm-hmm. Steiner Brothers. Steiner Brothers. Steiner and Test. What would that tag yeah. team name be called? Um, hmm, Pumpin' Roids, maybe? I don't know. <laughs> right. <laughs> the te- <laughs> they failed some tests before. Rick has failed some many tests. Testing Roids. That's a Testing test- Roids. Testing yeah. Roids, like Power and Glory. But mm-hmm. Yeah. Testing Roids. Um, I-, I wouldn't start in half on the match. Like I said, match was nothing. I don't know about you, Keith. Um, no. I, I mean, I want a star. I mean, it's just, it's one star for me. It's not, right. yeah. No. I mean, it's actually, it actually irritates me that Booker T is in this match because, but this kind of goes back to my whole theory that I wish they would go back to having guys wrestle enhancement talents because, you know, you're going to have like Booker T it's obviously a showcase for Booker T wrestling wise so that he can he could showcase what he's going to be prepared against Christian. So let him go out there and completely just wrestle a jobber and, and put over all of his moves, his spinner Rooney, his axe kick, you know, whatever. And then you have Tesco out there and, and it's the same exact, you could do the same exact thing with, with Tess that you did with, with Booker in there where it's like, you know, the, the, the jobber does something to maybe hit, hit, Stacy Keebler, or there's a confusion with Stacy Keebler. She gets hit, and then Steiner still comes out, and that way it doesn't make Tesla just completely terrible. So, but I don't know. Right, and it's not like you're 
you know, you're not sacrificing a whole lot match quality wise because it's not like this is any. It's not a good match, really. So, right. Yeah, you're like you're not like well, we need a good match out of it because you're not getting that anyway. So what? Yeah. And to your point, you're not leaving this match with Booker as your main thought. You're leaving it with like the thing they focus on the most is you know Stacy got knocked out mm-hmm. again. Yeah. Yeah. Right. All right. We go to uh, backstage to Austin. We see as a black eye. Um, I'm not sure what this is from. I think maybe he was in a car accident or something. I'm not quite sure. I don't know if you have any memory of this. I didn't see anything in the old dirt sheets about this. I'm not really sure mm. what the deal is with all. I don't know if like, is this, is it possible that Austin got into an argument with his wife and she hit him? <laughs> is that possible? <laughs> it's, it's out of the realm. I was, I think by this point, maybe they were on the outs. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I'm thinking, but yeah, I don't know what the deal is, but he, he got his, he's, he's got a shiner, but, uh, yeah. So uh, he Triple H accosts him and asks what happened. He says he was singing in the shower and slipped on soap. So that's the uh, that's his story. Uh, then we get a lot of Triple H trying to kiss his ass to try and get out of this match tonight, uh, but it doesn't work on Austin. They keep doing this back and forth where he keeps trying to like round those up to Austin. Also, yeah. the match is still on, and they just do that. For, and Triple H gets more and more annoyed. He finally turns and says, "Austin always wanted to be him." But Austin kind of doesn't flinch. He gets a little more irritated, but he just keeps repeating the match is still on. So, yeah, um, yeah, just kind of excuse to have these two kind of have a stare down, just like a star power thing. Yeah, I like that, though. I always I always liked I always because you I always remember hearing that they kind of didn't like each other, you know, and then you mm-hmm. find out that they're like really besties in real life. And it's just it's just always makes me. It's just so funny what time does like, you know, you you because you kind of because I mean, I, I think the Brett and Sean stuff was legit like for I mean, I know mm-hmm. it is legit, but like I think legit even before that they just were kind of like sick and tired of dealing with each other professionally and personally. And so you think it's kind of like that. And no, <laughs> not at all. They actually loved each other. It was just always it was always a good day at the office with those two, you know, so I like that. Yeah, I feel like the story with Austin, too, is like once he was in a position where he felt like he had a spot to protect or something, he was a lot more easygoing, it seems yeah. like. Yeah. Like in this stretch when he's kind of just doing the backstage stuff, he's just like you could tell in this, he's just he's trying to have fun with it. Yeah. Throughout this whole thing, like the slipping on the soap and all this. Oh, yeah. No, but... he's, no, this is like prime comedy Steve Austin. And uh, I, very similar to when Nick Foley was the commissioner. You know, because when Mick was the commissioner, you could tell he was just having a blast with it. And a lot of his like a lot of his actual comedy is a lot of his yuck yucks came out when he was the commissioner because he was just that's how he was as a person. And I feel Steve Austin's the same way. Right. All right. So we go to our next match here. It's going to be another star set affair. We have. Morley is now back in his Val Venus gimmick as he redebuted the pay-per-view. He's going to be facing uh, Steven Richard, and we have Trish on commentary. So uh, before the match, Val offers Victoria, who's, of course, with Steven Richards, uh, a contract as a triple X platinum chick. And he says he could name the film Victoria's Dirty Little Secret. Uh, King being kind of creepy here, uh, asking Trish if she wants to uh, touch his mouse or something like that on or whatever he's saying some weird skeevy king stuff uh in the ring stevie gets some strikes it's a ddt Val comes back with some knees a spine buster and then 
hits the money shot pretty handily. So um, glorified squash here for our old Val. Uh, not much else than that. And kind of just an excuse for Trish to be out there and talk about Victoria. Um, even though I feel like she didn't really say a whole lot of commentary or even talked about Victoria a whole bunch. It was just like, again, they just kind of had her out there to have her out there. So when a star on this, I, I don't know if maybe they're Val back up or he can, you know, recapture his, uh, 98, 99 glory for a while. I'm trying to remember when, when did he start just going straight? Like as the big Val Boski. Cause remember like that, that was that before right. the chief morally or was that like after like that? And so like not very long after this, I can't remember when like he just, that's how he started coming out as, you know? Right. I don't know if that was like that in between, like maybe between chief Morley and his like RTC stuff. I'm not mm-hmm. sure. I have to check my Valvinus timeline. <laughs> to, yeah. I think you might sure. be right. I think it was before the chief Morley. And then, cause this is right. This is kind of the end of him. I feel like, right. Yeah. I want to say they try and do this little reboot and I don't remember this. We'll see, but I don't remember yeah. this, uh, going very lasting. Yeah. Right. Okay. Yeah. No, I probably I, I think I win a star in this as well. It's just like you said, it's just a very it's a regular squash match, so there's not much to it. The RTC explodes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. The the last yeah. battle of censorship. <laughs> right. But yeah, again, not a whole lot happening here. No. All right. To to your point earlier, Keith, like just besides the main things that are going on, this is not not a whole lot of I, I say it all the time, but it always seems like SmackDown is just better at this sort of thing. Like mm-hmm. having entertaining filler where Raw mm-hmm. just has filler filler. Mm-hmm. All right. We have uh, Kevin Nash backstage with Coach. He admits that he's been out of control because his best friend turned on him. I love, uh, he's saying all this, but he's like so like kind of emotional. Like my whole world is unraveling. My best friend turned on me. Like. It's almost like you're just like trying to remind us that this is the actual feud. Like, hey, in case you wonder, I know we've been doing this like much more interesting flair, but don't forget about me. This is the real feud. Like, my world that is unraveling. Oh no! Like he's so like, uh, stoic. Yeah. No. It's it's it is. I mean, this is again. This is just this is typical Kevin Nash. I mean, he's not he's not that he's not that energetic. He's not. He never has been. I mean. He's just a real slow talking, I'm a slow, cool guy, you know? And mm-hmm. yeah, I just, yeah. It, it almost seems like Kevin's wondering if the check cleared yet, you know? Like, <laughs> right. Yeah, he's doing the cool Nash thing, but he, it's almost made it too straight. Like, he doesn't have that little smart ass to him that kind of makes it more interesting that he has, like, kind of when he's at its best in this role. Yeah. Like, yeah. He's, he's playing a little too, like, straight baby face. And he's like completely not interesting when he's Which in I'm that trying mode. To, I'm trying to remember. Did he ever even? I don't even ever think he got to that point in in this run where he was kind of like that. Like I feel so, like he was. It, I feel mm-hmm. like he was this the entire time in this run when he wasn't hurt. Yeah, he 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 never really gets it going on this side. And no, the NWO stuff. He just never. He just feels like he's gone through the motions. Yeah, it's very. I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if he'd tell you the same thing. He'd probably tell you, like you just said, Keith, that he was waiting for the check to clear. Yeah. Yeah. Because we'll get a payday. Right. Anyway. Yeah. anyway. We have we hit the Christian. 
doesn't like uh, he doesn't like this place, Mobile, because it's named after a gas station. Uh, he tells us his haircut is seven hundred dollars. Uh, he's a new people's champ, and he has a match tonight. Uh, Goldust creeps up on him uh, and asks him why he's a dick dick dictator uh and a cheater uh and says that booker t is going to be taking that title from him booker t comes in and says the c stands for chump here and he's winning it in his hometown blood is in houston can you dig that sucker mm-hmm. can you dig that sucker i love it i love the gold dust i love gold dust gold dust is just uh I love that character so much. <laughs> Everything about him, all of his, all of his incarnations, even the one the artist formerly known as when he came out with like the harness and the mouth guard on and everything. Mm-hmm. It was just, I still, I love everything. I love Dustin Rhodes. <laughs> what uh, would you think of Christian healing it off here? What is it? You thought he was effective? Um, I think so. I mean, he he plays that Dick character really well. I always thought he played it better than Edge. You know, um, just the dick, like the dickish heel, because he even did that when it was like Team Eck, where he was just, you know, he was kind of like just the the like, I I guess the piece of shit frat boy, maybe if that's a good Mm -hmm. analogy, whereas like frat boy. (laughs) Yeah. But the best part of Edge is like when Edge was like when Edge was the rated R superstar and he was just like devious edge that was the best edge like i didn't really like like dickish edge i didn't like canadian frat boy edge i like canadian frat boy christian so yeah but i like this i mean 700 dollars over a haircut i mean come on man that's it's a it's a boy's regular i don't know what he's talking about yeah <laughs> right right i don't know i feel like he got ripped off yeah he got ripped off the sides. <laughs> yeah the two guard on the side and yeah. uh he clips but you know yeah they're, they're doing a good job of making they're definitely building them as like i've said it before like they're trying to make him this like yeah where he's just you know he's a chicken shit he talks shit all the time he looks you just want to see him get beat up which can work and booker's a good foil for that if that's mm-hmm. they're playing him off of so mm-hmm. it's better than what he's been doing put it that way i actually like booker way more as a face than as a heel Cause like I think back to like I think to the King Booker and everything. I didn't like King Booker. Um, I mean I liked King Booker, but I don't like Booker as a heel because I think Booker is a much better face because he he's he's got much more of that hero kind of attitude in him, which is which is what you want as a good baby face. And um, so I like that about him. I mean the only time I. Yeah, no, I really didn't know because I was even thinking like I know the Austin him and the him and Austin and the supermarket's great, but that's you know I I honestly that could have been just anything like you know, but I like Booker as a face, I I do so I'm always a fan of him. I want him to I want him to always win, you know. His in ring style too, he mm-hmm. works well as a face the way he mm-hmm. wrestles. So yeah, on that one. All right, we go to Austin and Bischoff and their constant squabbling. Uh, Austin and Bischoff discuss the current happenings, what's been going on Raw, and debate who is going to be presenting Bad Blood. Will it be Austin? Steve Austin presents Bad Blood or Eric Bischoff? Austin says, uh, you know, given what's going on, he says that any military personnel can get into the pay-per-view for free. I want to say they um, also say that you could uh, – I don't know if they say it here, but I know it ends up being something they do where you could also get the pay-per-view and if you had, like, military ID. So that's cool of them, I have to say. Um, 
Eric wants them to work together, but he says uh, that they can compete at Bad Blood, but he does not want another match because he doesn't want his ass kicked again. Eric said they will decide on a competition, uh, but Austin says we'll have to discuss this later because he wants to go out there and hear America the Beautiful, beautiful sung by Lillian Garcia because it is Memorial Day, which I didn't mention yet. So um, he's ready. So we know where this is headed, Keith. I, I, I'm assuming you remember where we're headed for Bad Blood. This is kind of an infamous... Uh, thing between these two yeah yeah this is um oh yeah what happens at bad blood i can't remember it's it's not the fight right it, or is the fight is this no. the actual match not the match i'll keep it in the dark this will be this will be fun as you uh, see yeah. how this turns out yeah keep me in the dark because i don't remember so because uh, i know it's not because well unless it's no it can't be another like beer drinking contest because jesus he's done enough of those so yeah keep me in the dark <laughs> here we go yeah get ready all right. Anyway, so he heads down to the ring. Uh, Lillian singing uh, "America the Beautiful." Of course, La Resistance song, being the yeah. French. They say that nothing is beautiful here in America. Everyone is fat and ugly. France is peaceful. Uh, Austin comes out and just completely beats their asses here. Um, <laughs> I thought they looked like total chumps for like someone that's debuting. I mean, that's the whole. We'll get to it by the end of this, but. Um, so he just comes in, stuns them, toss them like sex shit, flips them off, and then he and Lillian finish the song and drink beer. Uh, the line that got me was Austin singing like, above the fruited plane. <laughs> 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 um, but, you know, it was it was standard, you know, WWE patriotic stuff, but you get the extra fun of Austin. Like, you know, you could tell he's enjoying this. It kind of adds yeah. a little bit to it. Yeah. It's just anytime he beats up somebody, it just makes you f- miss the fact that he's not wrestling every week. But, mm-hmm. I mean, he would have been – I can't even imagine what Austin would have been doing now. Like, if you did a what if and you tried to see, like, what would have happened if he didn't get hurt and, you know, like, mm-hmm. what I, – I just – I don't even know what he would be doing at this point, you know? So, I guess this is – I guess this is good that he's kind of like the commissioner, you know, or co-commissioner you- or whatever. Do you think this hurts La Rez that they're like this heel group that they, I mean, they haven't impressed me yet. Like, do you think it makes them look kind of dumb to come out and like, just have them be stunner fodder here? You know, I, I, I actually was thinking about this the other day. It's so funny, not necessarily La Resistance, but I was thinking about how you, like you have those guys who are like newer to the company and then they come out and they wrestle like a veteran and it's kind of like how in, like, the SmackDown versus Raw games, like, Hulk Hogan's level is, like, 99. And, you know, mm-hmm. like, <laughs> right. Sylvan Grenier is, like, is 75. And it's like, well, why Why is that the case? Like, what, what about Hulk Hogan? Because he's older and he's been wrestling for more years makes him more of a higher-ranked veteran, you know? And I kind of it's, – it's very similar. It's like I can understand the guys coming out and – having this kerfuffle here with Lillian because, you know, she's trying to sing an American show and they're trying to be like, you know, La Resistance or whatever. But then then having Austin come out, a retired man who's hurt to the point that he had to retire, and he's coming out and just wham, kick, stun. It's like, yeah, I think it does kind of like, it does kind of hurt. Now, if it had been something like, where he comes out, they kind of maybe corner him, and then you play the music of, you know, whatever a tag team is, like the Dudley Boys, let's just say. Mm-hmm. And, like, they come out and they beat up La Resistance. That's okay. 
because it's two equally matched teams. So yeah, I think it does hurt them, but not a lot because it's a it's a comedy segment. So how much are they? It's really gonna hurt, you know? Right. It all depends on what their plans are for. I like. Yeah. Again, they, it's a weird thing where they're they're obviously getting the push, but they also haven't made them look real threatening or dominant. So no, not yet. Yeah, it's, yeah. I guess it's just like like I guess the argument is like, was it worth the pop? Like to uh, have them get stunned, or do you, you if know? If it was, if it was any other day than Memorial Day, no. But because it's Memorial mm-hmm. Day, yes, it's worth the pop. You know, this would almost uh, be like if they were doing this at like tribute to the troops. Like I would have been like, okay, that's fine. You know, right. Mm-hmm. Well, not the last we'll see of them. We'll see them later on tonight. Yeah. But uh, all right, we continue on. We had the Ric Flair. He's warming up uh, backstage, but then we see a masked man uh, in a white. Uh, a white dress shirt uh, stalking behind him. Time and Dallas Page is at it again. <laughs> and, uh, in the yeah. I'm watching you, Rick. Sting. Sting. Here we have a mask. It's, it's, it's Ollie. Ollie. Ollie's watching him. Sting. What are you doing? We're warming up for this match. Anyway, I'm sorry. No, that'd be incredible. Probably a more interesting outcome. Yeah. All right. All right. We had the Christian and Goldust. So obviously this, you know, classic, he's going to go against book buddy. as kind of a warm up match as they're mm-hmm. uh, setting their sights on the pay-per-view. They said quick pace. Uh, I thought Goldust, he, he's been doing this, these matches in this era. It's like, he always takes this bump to the outside where he just kind of rolls completely out and hits the ground. So pretty nice spell there. Uh, lots of gloating and very basic heel offense from Christian. Like he, it's like a front face lock. The choke with the boot, just real yeah. classic for better or for worse. Uh, heel offense, uh, nothing too incredible, but that's what they're going for. It's like the uh, the Christmas of gold dust in the ring, or Dustin, you know, Dustin Rhodes in general. He's just so he moves so. Um, I did like Christian's uh counter though, and the finish he uh, uh, towards the end, he gets the uh, goal goes for the ca- uh, curtain call and he hit he changes that to reverse DDT, so that was a nice little counter. Mm-hmm. Christian avoids the shattered dreams, but then Goldust hits like a snap power slam, his you know, his uh, signature little snap power slam, and he ends up winning, which I thought was like, um, they kind of sold it as a surprise win. And like, oh, Christian's supposed to be this chick shit heel. But I thought the booking was kind of baffling to have Christian just kind of cleanly lose this match. I don't know. What'd you think? <laughs> um, I mean, I think it's 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 always funny when they have the non-titles and then the per- the champion loses. You know, so uh, I. But no, I mean, it's it is it is good. You know, I mean, it, it it's building up towards that match. It's it gives Goldust a clean win in 2003 i mean which is awesome because you know he was kind of just he was i mean i would say he's present day our truth you know so at this point in his career but um yeah i mean give me a gold dust win any day of the week and twice on saturday i love that guy i love the whole Rhodes family i mean i go nuts i i marked out like a baby like when i when cody's music hit on sunday on saturday i was just like ah and then i even did the I mean, I'm sitting. I'm 43 years old, and I'm doing the whoa, like screaming. So, yeah. I mean, anytime a Rhodes gets in the ring, I'm I, I go nuts. So, yeah, I love it. I love it. I, and you're gonna hate me because I think I gave this like two and a half stars. Because <laughs> I was. Like, I, I went two. Okay, yeah. good. Because I was like, I don't, and, and I, 
I would have given it three, but it wasn't good enough for three. And I was like, it's not. I mean, it's 2003 Goldust, but I love Goldust. And I love, and I like Christian. So, but again, it irritates me when a, it irritates me when the champion loses non-title matches. Like, I hate that, you know? Or at least gets pinned or submits in a non-title match. Like, I can deal with a count or disqualification, but I hate when they lose, like, clean. It just irritates me, mm-hmm. so, you know. Right. It just seemed like you would have him, like, cheat or something. Yeah. Continues with, he's like a trick. It's just weird that he just, like, it just cleanly loses. And, like, yeah, that- to not... What is yes. to what is normally like a transition move for gold? Right, Coast. and that's what that's what I'm saying. It's just it's so, it's almost like it's so telegraphed that as soon as they say they're going to be in a non-title match, you know they're going to lose. But I, yeah, it would have been so much better if he, if it was like a chicken shit way that he cheated and then either pinned him or, or even if he just like like if he hit that. Let's just say Goldust hits the power slam. And then Christian's like, forget this. And he just grabs his belt and he wa- he runs away. Like Honky right. would have done. Like that would have been perfect, you know? But no, just let him lose. <laughs> yeah. It was uh, just strange book. Really, yep. what they were trying to. They know what they were going for. Mm-hmm. All right. All right. We continue on. Uh, we go to the uh, five minute white boy challenge of the week. Oh, yeah. uh, more than. He's going to face Bubba Ray this week. Uh, Bubba comes in hot, uh, eats some strikes from uh, Rodney Mack, of course. Uh, uh, Rodney Mack early goes for the blackout, but Bubba Ray fights out. Hits a uh, nice German by Bubba, I thought. Uh, mm-hmm. And then he hits the Bubba Bomb, but Teddy's able to distract and save them. Uh, which, again, strange booking with this if you try to make Rodney Mack look strong. Because it's pretty much like he would have lost this challenge in two minutes if it wouldn't be for Teddy coming out. Um, but as they're doing this, uh, Chris Dewinsky comes out and knocks out Bubba with the mask. Uh, I guess those face protectors are quite hard because it knocks Bubba out. And then uh, Rodney Mack gets the uh, gets the win off of that. So mm. I want to start on this. This was some some more like strange booking to me. I mean, depending on because it's like you got to figure out what you're going for. Rodney Mack, is he like this dominant brick shit house, or is he like cheating with Teddy because now he's facing like real opponents and he can't win without Teddy distracting and, you know, Chris mm. Nowinski coming in and yeah, just trying, I want a star on it. Cause the match was nothing. And I tape up array, but yeah, um, just, I, I thought this is more strange booking. I actually, I went a half a star cause I just thought this match was just, but it's funny because I think last time we talked, I was complaining about Ronnie Mack, you know, he was like not, and I think I even said like, he should wrestle a guy like Bubba Ray. So it's funny that he did that this week, but, uh, yeah, no, I mean, it's, 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 I don't know where they're going with this. This is just, again, this is just, like you said, they don't know what they're doing. And that's exactly what it is with, with Rodney Mack. They don't know what they're doing. So I don't know. I almost feel like Rodney Mack should have been in a tag team and that's mm-hmm. how you bring him in, you know, like let him be in a tag team, especially since the division's kind of weak at this point. And it would have been, you know, you would do, everybody was a put together tag team anyway. So let them put him with somebody and have it be that, you know? And I don't know, but I didn't love it. Yeah. It's like, you're pretty much establishing with this match. It's like, well, he's been rising and now, so he's below the bubble line is what I'm getting because he only beat Bubba with numerous interference. So that's where he's at, which is not very high. (laughs) Is the bubble line, like the Mendoza line in baseball. (laughs) It's it's, it's barely, it's barely enough to be considered a professional. (laughs) 
I love it. That's where he we he found a white boy he can barely beat. And that's yeah individual. So yeah, uh, it's a lot of strange. Uh, again, going back to it, I just like I think you're right. Anything that's like, what they that are marquee, like their main, you know, Goldberg and, and Jericho, the Triple H stuff is just, they're just mm-hmm. putting very little thought into what the fuck is going on with this stuff. Yes. Um, Right, so the Frenchmen are pissed off about getting stunned, so Eric gives Sylvain Grenier a flag match tonight with RVD, and if they could win the flag match, they will get a title shot at the pay-per-view. So I guess you could argue that was the reason. Title shot, not sure why they for that, but whatever, it gets us. Well, they don't get the title shot yet. We have to have the flag match, so flag match on Memorial Day. Mm-hmm. All right, so um, you may be shocked, but the the Goldberg uh, Jericho, the uh, Jericho eat a spear, eighty one voters believe the Jericho eat a spear tonight. Wow, so, overwhelming majority. Mm-hmm. Wonderful. Maybe we'll get swerved. All right, Triple H, back to him. He accused cuts a pretty standard flair promo. I like to. I'm not a piece of crap. I'm the nature boy, which is, uh, I enjoyed that. But I, yeah, it just hits like a classic good here, uh, flair promo here, which is always enjoyable. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's, it is, it's just, it's, this is again, like you could tell flair, you could tell like triple H really pumped him up like in the last couple of weeks and was like, you're not a loser, buddy. <laughs> you're, you're Rick, you're Rick mm-hmm. flair. And so now he's back. Like he's, and he is kind of back. I mean, I feel like flair from this point up until, Really, when he retires, like he's a he's a he's a bona fide star, you know, mm-hmm. and uh, so I I love it. I mean, I love the evolution. Uh, you know, I know that that's uh, spoiler alert, but I mean, I love that whole run. And uh, yeah, no, I I mean, I love Flair. I I do. How can you not? I mean, the guy's the frigging greatest of all time, you know, in in many respects. So yeah, I'm all for it. Yeah, I don't mind the whole deal, like in the storyline of like. Triple H saying, you know, I did this on purpose to, you know, give yeah. your edge back kind of thing. I, I don't think that's a bad, you know, I think that's a pretty good deal they have going with that. I don't mind it. I, I haven't yeah. minded the whole thing. It's been, like I said, it's much more interesting than, you know, a slow plotting brawl between Triple H and Kevin Nash for 15 minutes around the arena. That's true. So, all right, let's see if RVD can defend America's honor here against Sylvain Grenier in a flag match. So uh, the way this works, of course, is I believe you have to – let me try and remember. if I, You have to get your own flag, I want to say. I think it's the rules here. Mm-hmm. There you go. Okay, so uh, they trade holes for a minute. Both go over the top. Uh, RVD does the uh, – I always love when he does this, The uh, where he drips the guy on the barricade. It's the leg drop. Always looks pretty awesome. Yeah. Uh, also, like the shoulder block sequence RVD does here. Just RVD's so entertaining. His offense is so engaging. Like, you want to see what he's going to do next. Uh, he moves so well. And, like, kind of sloppy, but in the best possible uh, I'm always into it. Uh, he gets done and is able to stop the uh, the flag attempt by Sylvain. Right, he kicks him off the top. Uh, Rene Pre comes in and levels you take advantage. Rob gets thrown to the post uh, and ends up nailing the referee inadvertently. So, of course, Renee tries to cut him off. Rob ends up getting the flag, but the ref is out, so they don't see it. Mm-hmm. Uh, both of La Resistance jump him. 
Kane, I was wondering the whole time, like, where the hell is Kane? Like, he should probably be helping his partner. Finally, Kane's here to help him, but he ends up getting hit in the face with the flag. Uh, I kind of like the way they did that, almost like they stabbed him in the face with the flag. Yeah. So that kind of takes Kane out of it. They end up putting the American flag back up. They do the double flapjack on RVD and then end up stealing the uh, French flag and getting mm-hmm. the win and therefore a title shot. So, um, yeah, I thought this was entertaining. Uh, some you know, solid standard heel stuff. And RVD is always fun to watch. Like I thought he was busting out some cool stuff in here. So it's kind of like he carried the match for me. Sure. Uh, I feel like this would have hit a little bit harder as if they had been presented as a threat since they debuted, but they've kind of mm-hmm. been treated as sort of jobbers, not jobbers. Cause they haven't lost, but like these haven't really been presented as a threat. And I feel like if you would have had them debut and like they're running through people and you're like, man, these French guys are legit. Like maybe this hits a little harder, but I guess it's it's something for them. Like it's weird. It's like obviously they have plans for them because they're kind of getting this, you know, pretty big push, but then yeah, they never come heat. off as. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But uh, I went two and a quarter, and I thought it was pretty good. Like I said, RVD was real entertaining in this. I went two and a half. I mean, I think this was the best match of the night so far, and uh, you know, because like you said, because RVD's RVD's one of those guys where he's always entertaining to watch and. Um, you know, unless you have a total dud against him on the other side of the ring, which I don't believe that, uh, that Grenier, I always mispronounce his name, Grenier, I don't believe he is. I think he's pretty good enough that he can go out there and mix it up with Rob Van Dam and Van Dam can carry him to a pretty good match. So, um, interesting decision to kind of do a, I guess a dusty finish here on (laughs) Memorial (laughs) Day with you know, not having the American flag, but I knew that they were going for, you know, if they win, they get the title shot, which is, I guess, what they're going to do. So um, it wasn't terrible. Uh, I, I was entertained the whole time, you know. But, yeah, I mean, this is, again, this is, I'm going to keep going back. This is where you have your enhancement talents are going to be beneficial because, you know, La Resistance going to come in and they're going to clean right through them. They're going to clean house. And then they're going to have this match against Kane and, Rob Van Dam, and they're going to look more like a threat. So, yeah. Rene Dupree, who was he with beforehand that was like the team? Wasn't he with another person before? Uh, it could have been maybe an OVW. Yeah. Like an OVW yeah. expert. Yeah. Yeah, it's so, possible. Yeah, but I mean, I'm always just, I always remember, like, I just remember him always being on TV. So, yeah. No, I mean, I, I liked it too. And I think I said, yeah, two and a half I went. So, that's, I'll stick with yeah. that. Mm-hmm. Wasn't bad, but I feel like if they would have, yeah, could be better. I think if La Rez were, I, I think it's just a matter of them too, just wanting to, to present the French guys as pussies. I guess it's kind of their mo right now, mm. given what they're trying to give to the crowd. So, mm-hmm. all right, let's head to the highlight reel with Goldberg. Uh, he should be pissed because he, Jericho tried to run him down on the car. <laughs> Jericho Jericho says he did it because no one wants Goldberg here in WWE. He tried to help Goldberg in WCW, but Goldberg's ego was too big. Jericho says he was always better, so he needs to get him in the ring because he couldn't in WCW. And uh, so he came to WWE, he became a star, and he wants to face him at Bad Blood to prove that he's always been better than Goldberg, uh, whether WCW realized it and all that. So I thought this was really good stuff from Jericho. Like, it felt yeah. very personal. He's yeah. kind of doing a really good job of kind of blending real-life stuff 
with the storyline because obviously this kind of was his real feelings in WCW. There's always been some, you know, real life animosity between these two and it's cool that he's played into it and just a well-executed promo, his portion of this. Yeah, no, this is, this is great. This is, I mean, this literally is no pun intended, the highlight of the night. Um, I mean, I, I love it. I love that. I love when it's kind of, it was, it reminded me of, and I know this came beforehand, but like when, when Cena went out and kind of cut the promo on the rock after like mm-hmm. the rock did it. And it was just, it's, it's, it's that blurred line between reality and, and fiction or, you know, reality and, and kayfabe. And I think that most of what he was saying is 100% correct. So yeah, I agree on this completely. I loved it. I love Jericho. Mm-hmm. Five stars. the line real well. He's still like smug enough where the crowd's not going to, you know, start cheering for him. And yeah. also I think smart of them in doing this kind of like in the South and more WCW country. It's going to be mm-hmm. more over mm-hmm. because I think if some places you do this, the crowd's like, you know, a strong WWE place, like in the Northeast or something, you might get uh, some cheers for Jericho. So I just think he played this perfectly. But um, yeah, uh, Goldberg mean, comes. Mm-hmm. Well, oh, I don't know. I didn't mean to cut you off, but I, because Gold, because I mean, if you remember, Goldberg was really over before he became a champion. And then once he won the title, mm-hmm. It was just kind of like, I think a lot of it had to do with the way they booked him, but he wasn't as strong as he was before, like during the chase, if you even want to call it a chase, he wasn't really chasing the championship, but like, so I can agree that like, and then whenever you hear shoot interviews and people talk about Goldberg, like he really did think that he was like the, the best of the freaking the best in the world. And it's like, buddy, you can't even wrestle like a five minute match. Like, you know, mm-hmm. just look at the Steven Regal match. It's like, it's just a joke. So yeah, I can. I could totally see this and him just being like, I guess there's, they probably said to him beforehand, like Jericho's going to go out there and talk trash to you and you just going to have to take it, you know? So yeah, I'm in. Yeah. Good, good time. All right. So here's Goldberg. Uh, Jericho bails from the ring. Uh, Goldberg wants him to get back in. Uh, Jericho says he's not doing anything. Goldberg accepts the challenge. Uh, Goldberg. Mike is kind of a, He's he's a little awkward here, like trying to go toe to toe with Jericho. Like he sounds so cool. He's like, "Why don't you get in here, punk?" Like just very. Uh, and then what is he? Your ass is like just the phrasing is like he's like trying too hard to sound like a badass sort of. Yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, he, he says that in WCW, we quickly realized that Jericho was an ass, and uh, I love how offended Jericho gets again. Called like he's so deeply hurt that Goldberg called him an ass. All right. uh, but uh, Jericho actually meets him in the ring, uh, but it's all a trap. As as soon as Goldberg goes after him, Jericho pulls out the pepper spray, hits him with the pepper spray, and then gets his own spear in. So there you go, you eighty-one percent of morons. He didn't get speared. He's smarter than that. Mm. Uh, anyway. Yeah, to me, this is all in Jericho. I thought Goldberg came off as a little like uh, this, like he, like I said, his phrasing was a little corny, like him trying to hang on the mic. But Jericho carried the whole thing between yeah. the promo at the beginning and then like pulling out the pepper spray, like just to make sure to remind us that he is a heel. Just uh, just masterwork by Jericho. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, Jericho's Jericho's the man, you know. Your ass is on. Uh-huh. So weird. And then he hightails out of the building as Terry is trying to, uh, a good journalist, or 
trying to yell at him like Chris, Chris uh, Jericho Kito he's here he just keeps in his car so um, but good so again keep coming back to this point but the top stuff is getting some pretty good bill you know some pretty good it's everything yeah. else that kind of sucks yeah, yeah. <laughs> all right all right, well, with that, we'll go to our main event here. It's going to be the handicap match between uh, HBK and Flair versus Triple H. Uh, I noticed the, uh, so the spot, Axum hair color, which is like a 2003 thing, of like a a men's magazine that's like Playboy, has its yeah. own brand of hair color. Just what a different time in the world. <laughs> Get your frosted tips from uh, right. Maxim. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, we see now watching on the monitor back Triple H and Sean start uh, find out the rock is going to be on the highlight reel next week so uh, they, we go back and forth for a minute between Sean and Triple H uh, and of course as soon as he gets in he turns on Sean kind of like we would you know the thing to me is like is we're I guess maybe they were getting to the, the show maybe they didn't have time off they planned it this way but it doesn't really build any drama. I mean, it's, I guess, kind of predictable anyway, but like it's within three minutes. So it's not like you get this big build of like what's going to happen when Flair gets tagged in because it only goes three minutes. He gets in there. Um, so Flair turns. He's back with Triple H. They were back to square one pretty much in a matter of two weeks. Uh, Triple H is a genius. He has Flair to, you know, I guess channel his nature boy side, but then he gets him back on his side. Uh, Nash comes down, but then the mass man beat Oh, the mass man beats up Nash backstage. Uh, we find out that it's uh, Randy Orton when he comes out, uh, which is good to see him return after the injury. So they can kind of get back to kind of, they kind of false start an evolution. So this kind of allows them to be going. Uh, not really sure what the point of the mask is, if he's just going to reveal it 20 minutes later, but whatever. Uh, Nash makes his way down after recovering, but first take over and they kind of just do an old fashioned beat down of HBK and Nash to close out the show. Yeah. You know, all as well in the ranks of evolution they to close the show. So what'd you think of this whole, uh, main event segment here? Uh, I mean, you could see it coming from a mile away, so it is what it is. You know, I mean, as much as it would have been nice to have them do a couple of weeks, um, because I think going into Bad Blood, it would have been good for Flair and HBK to kind of to kind of almost have that, uh, you know, I need to find out who's the best, which I guess we got, what, 10 years later <laughs> at, at WrestleMania. So, um yeah i i don't know i it it was it happened it was a thing that happened and there you go <laughs> so i didn't really i mean r- ratings wise i think i gave it like a star and a half just because right know, it was just it is no, it was a really match mm-hmm. yeah it's i'm with you though i think it loses something by it feels a little bit rushed like this whole thing that it started last week and we're already like the whole thing, it's like it, it's almost like weeks of stuff all crammed into a matter of, you know, two shows. Yeah. Like I said, you got Randy Orton. It's like, like this is a time to build the intrigue of like who the masked man is. I mean, we just saw him like 30 minutes ago and now he's he's already revealed that it's Randy Orton. So 
not a whole lot there, but yeah, yeah, which, gets us back to square one. <laughs> I almost feel like that the June pay per view should have been a, a, maybe a maybe a SmackDown show, you know, to give to give Raw mm-hmm. some time to build some of these pay per views for you know, or to build some of these storylines for July. I mean, it's so funny because it seems like there's better storylines in development on Raw. And they gave them zero time to build anything, you know, because then they're rushing to a pay-per-view. So this is kind of in that era where I know that they, I mean, I know they still have premium live events every month, but the thing that bothers me about this time period is that it just seems like they didn't give enough time to build anything, you know, which is what, which is the, because they're constantly putting on another show, constantly putting on another show. So, yeah. Yeah, right. It definitely seemed like they just, they knew they had to get the Nash and Triple H, so they just, you know, did what they had to do. But, yeah, overall, yeah, it's a weird Raw because it's like, I mean, I think weird booking on this, a lot of the undercard stuff is very, like, almost outright bad or blah. But I thought in the main event stuff, I think is interesting. You said it's so express lane that it barely really has time to, like, build any or intrigue to it so mm-hmm. i don't know it, it's a weird one i'd probably go like my normal sort of below average like a four out of ten just because the undercard is so bad i did like the jericho stuff i thought was good mm-hmm. and again i don't mind the main event but it just all seems so accelerated and yeah. weird because like the nash stuff is kind of hanging over them yeah i agree i would agree So another kind of I wonky raw to uh all right we'll head to Pensacola here for SmackDown so this is gonna be the May 29th 03 SmackDown of course uh, the main thing going into this is that we will see the lie detector test mm-hmm. of uh, Mister America mm-hmm. so we've all been waiting but uh, Sable's gonna open the show uh, she comes out tells Taz hi uh, Taz calls her a bad rash <laughs> which is a very good Taz line. <laughs> Um, she decided that she wanted to intro the first match. Uh, it says that from she intros Tori by saying from Loserville weighing way too much, which is insane, just <laughs> ridiculous. Yeah. Uh, and then she it's going to be Tori versus uh Nydia. She says Nydia knows nothing about fashion, so kind of craps on both of them. Um, and she's going to hang out at ringside during this match, but. Uh, regardless, Tori and Nitty are going to start us off. Any, any com, anything thoughts on this opening Sable situation? Uh, just get off my television set. I just, I can't stand, I cannot stand Sable. I, I can't. I never really even liked Sable to begin with. I think the best thing about her was when she was feuding with uh, Mark Merrow, and then after that, she was terrible. So, and she was terrible upon her return. It angers me that she's married to Brock Lesnar. <laughs> like every everything about Sable, and you're gonna hear this for the entire duration of me being with you on this spot because I can't stand, <laughs> I cannot stand Sable. I mean, I'm, spoiler alert, she's already my least valuable player. <laughs> I mean, she's the yeah, worst. She, yeah, she's she's definitely getting back into like grading annoying yeah. Sable by this yeah. point. It was kind of interesting when she debuted, but it's yeah, it's it's kind of run its course. Yeah, yeah. But and then, anyway, and, and, and um, anything with Tori Wilson in a match, I'm like, 
again, get off my television set. <laughs> like, <laughs> right. Probably not going to set the world on fire. Um, no. I was, I was shocked to see Jamie Noble in, in pants. I mean, there's still jeans, but I was <laughs> expecting to cut off shorts. Right. Seriously. <laughs> but at least Nitty uh, is here. <laughs> Nitty is here. Uh, Zach Gowan is, is the crowd. He's playing the, uh, I couldn't, I got bands, but I got a ticket. You can't keep me out. I forgot a front row ticket. Yep. So, that's uh, true. Cla- classic. Uh, all right, Tori lays in some strikes. Nidia cuts her off. It's a suplex. Uh, Nidia works kind of like a uh, she puts it like a I called it like a great value Haas of pain. So mm-hmm. maybe she's been studying with uh, Charlie Haas. Some limb work here, right, Keith? Uh, yeah. They they roll over the ref. They do the uh, the old roll over the ref with the women. The ref even goes up in the corner and like uh, the crowd pops for him. He cheers. I thought it was kind of fun. That was almost like a house show spot. Uh, Noble sneaks a cheap shot. Nydia ends up winning with a roll-up. Uh, so I guess they're playing up that uh, Tori has issues because, uh, you know, Sable's distracting her or whatnot. Uh, Taz ends up taking out Noble. Nydia ends up choking him, and Tori takes off Nydia's shorts and kind of spanks her. And then Sable throws a bucket of water on – throws a bucket on Taz. Mm-hmm. And uh, I don't know where they're going with that. I don't know if they know what they're going with that. But, you know, match is like – uh, you know, I'll give it a star and a half for Nidia, but trying to bust out the Haas of pain. So, oh, five stars. I mean, this is just, uh, <laughs> no. I mean, I think, I mean, is it possible that they were trying to see if like Taz could come back and kind of be like, right. part, maybe part time, but, but then it's like, I, but Vince didn't like him to begin with. So I don't know why he would want him to come back. So I don't know. Um, yeah, no, this is, you said one star, I said half a star. <laughs> it's, I mean, and, and I know you gave it one star cause Nadia broke up Haas of Pain, but I mean, God, it's Tori Wilson. I'm, I'm sorry. Tori doesn't need to be anywhere near a ring. I mean, in a wrestling capacity. So no, I'm good. Thank you. But no, yeah. thanks. Yeah. Well, it, not a clinic by any means. But this sure. was the, but um, this was the state of the divas division mm-hmm. at this point, you know? So and it had been for a long time. I mean, it really had been up until, you know, the new women's revolution or whatever. And and as much as I love, as much as I love Trish and as much as I love Lita, it's just, they, you can't have three or four women in a division and have it be like an actual mm-hmm. thing. And everybody else was just not. So, yeah. Yeah. You know? SmackDown's women's division is. I know what they based their women's division on. Yeah. And Sable's back. That's their mm-hmm. that's their entire ethos with the women on SmackDown. Um, right. All right. All right, Vince is in the building. Uh, and, uh, he parks in a handicap zone. He tells the driver he doesn't care. Keep it in the handicap zone. So <laughs> just over-the-top cartoonish dickhead. Fits. Yep. All right, we then head to uh, Stephanie. She's testing out the lie detector test with the, uh, I guess it's the detectives. Uh, <laughs> they make like a joke of like her dodging the tax question. Like they, she's like, are you Stephanie McMahon? She says, yes. And then it's like, uh, did you pay all your taxes? And she goes, all right, I think we've had enough of this. So <laughs> kind of a corny joke. but I was waiting for uh, Rotunda to come out. <laughs> did you pay your taxes oh, yeah, out, that. Stephanie? Yeah. That should have been good. Yeah. I'm surprised they couldn't. I mean, they were in Pensacola too. Isn't he like a Florida guy? Yeah. He probably, you know, he was sitting at home waiting for the phone. <laughs> right. For sure. <laughs> right. I mean, what's he doing in 2003? <laughs> 
can't imagine much. Yeah. Uh, raising a little Bray. And, uh, God. Yeah, a little bow. <laughs> All right, Team Angle want the titles back for Kurt's return as Kurt is going to be returning next week. Mm-hmm. Uh, so they will get these titles back. We then cut to the champions, Eddie, who has Tajiri testing out some Latino Heat gear. Uh, he says that Chavo will be so proud and that Tajiri is now Familia. And uh, he even stole his first, uh, Tajiri tells us he even stole his first car. Um, uh, I love this. Just what a fun pairing. Eddie is so fun. And Tajiri, like, stealing the car. Just oh, yeah. some good absurdity from these two. Mm-hmm. Tajiri with the backward, the, uh, I think he had like a hat on, like a backwards hat or some shit. It was, I enjoyed it. Um, oh, yeah, so did I. Absolutely. Yeah. But now we get to uh, the third match between these two teams, doing all the way back to the pay-per-view. Uh, they had the match last week that Eddie, of course, uh, did the old trickaroo with the uh, with the title. And we'll see if Team Angle can uh, get it done tonight. So, Eddie and Tajiri versus Team Angle. Uh, Eddie and Tajiri come out in the Cadillac truck with the hydraulics uh, to a big pop from the crowd. Uh we definitely see some uh, elements from Team Angle. You could tell they, they kind of went into this, like, look a little more focused. So that was good. That was a good little storyline throughout this. Um, always like the momentum. He, like, just hits a quick drop kick and tags to Jury. Just just knows how to keep the match, like, flowing well. Uh, Taz says that, well, to Jury does so, but he calls it an egg roll, an elbow. Like, an egg roll <laughs> drop. It's just ridiculous. Uh, uh, not offense from everyone this match on uh team angle finally take over some nice variety of holes to take out to jury's knee so they're really focused in on the knee um um i thought it was a nice twist on the previous matches and like gets over that they're more focused that they went in trying to take out to jury's knee i think they even play up maybe he was injured from the previous week so that was good the jury finally gets eddie in and the hot tag is great eddie's just a great house of fire um Monkey flips Team Angle into each other, goes for the frog splash, but Shelton saves at the very last second. I thought it was a great, like, last-minute save. Great yeah. sequence with all that. Another super close one is Tajiri just saves a roll-up by Team Angle. Tajiri gets his own hot tag here, but Haas reverses his DDT into a Northern Lights. It's just another sick spot. That's all this match is. It's just great reversals. Um, Tajiri lays him out with a kick, but uh, he goes down with the knee pain because they've been working over the knee, which allows Haas to put the Haas of pain in. Mm-hmm. The bell rings, but Hebner says that, uh, Brian Hebner says he did not call it. So they think that Tajiri submitted because they heard the bell ring, but it was actually Eddie uh, in desperation snuck outside and rang the bell himself. Um, so as that's going on, he uh, we get an, uh, another fake belt shot as he uh, hits them with the uh, belt and uh, and then throws it to either Haas or Benjamin, I forget who, but. Uh, yeah, and so they get another DQ. Eddie steals it again um, in desperation. Yeah. But I love the creative fuck finishes throughout this. Like, and the matches are so good. Like, you don't feel robbed and because it's Eddie. I thought that ringing the bell was actually like really creative as a mm-hmm. you know as like a steal in the wind spot, uh, like a fuck finish. But another banger of a match. Like Eddie looks like a star. I, yeah, even like even after seeing the two other matches, this not feel stale at all. I went three and three quarters. Just another great one in this. Kind of, I feel like this is like a forgotten series almost of these, like this trio of great matches. Um, so going back and watching, cause I went back and I watched even like the pay-per-view match and everything just to kind of prep for this. Mm-hmm. I gave it four stars. I think, um, I'm actually, I want to start up. I want to start a campaign for Tajiri to get in the hall of fame this year. Cause I think that 
He's amazing. Um, Eddie's, yeah, this is, I can understand why they said we're going to give Eddie the belt at like the end of the year. Cause I mean, Eddie is so friggin' good in this. He's so good. And, uh, yeah, I love it. And, and it's funny too, because like you said, with the, with the, the fuckery finishes, it's like, it still feels fresh. You know, I mean, isn't this the second week in a row that we had like the belt finish like this, where, it's like a, a it, was it that was it no how did they how did the last match end I forget how the last match ended yeah they did it was the same thing with the now this one they threw in the bell yeah they added a little twist yeah yeah that's and, the thing it's like a testament they do three matches weeks like the pay per view basically kind of the same sort of finish and it like does not feel stale at all no and you have four guys that I mean you know it's funny too because I don't think you get really don't get like a, when people talk about the SmackDown six, they don't really talk about team angle. It's like, they don't talk about belt, uh, help Shelton, Benjamin and, and Charlie ass. They're just as frigging good as the rest. I mean, they're, they're amazing. These four guys are amazing in the ring. I gave it four stars. That's me. Don't maybe it's, yeah, maybe it was it's, awesome. maybe it's, um, nostalgia, but I loved it. I thought this match held up very well, you know? Nah, these have all been bangers. Like if you, again, if you haven't given, Look, if you don't want to go watch, you know, uh, Val Venus versus Steven Richards on Raw, that's fine. Don't watch all these shows, but I would highly recommend go and just watch a series of matches. Like, from the pay-per-view with these, like, they're all awesome. And they had a little twist. Like, this one, I, I liked how they, they kind of made the, the knee stuff. Series knee, which was kind of a little twist, kind of different than the other matches that they did. So, yep. yeah, it's all just great stuff. And Eddie just continues to look like I don't know, like a star. So just mm-hmm. another awesome one. All right. We go to Zach Gowan now after that. And he is he's very concerned about the slide detector test. Um, but he can't stay in the crowd because, of course, he is banned. But he bought a ticket. Probably. He's still going to be in the crowd. On the other hand, Vince is in very high spirits. He's going to be Hogan's last night here. He sees Zach Gowan. And he says, after this test, neither one of them will have a leg to stand on mm-hmm. as a very solemn Mr. America walks down as we get ready for the lie detector test. <laughs> okay. So, here, we, here we go. <laughs> all right. So we have these, like, uh, I guess they're like detective kind of guys in here. They have the whole table set up in the ring. We have the lie detector machine. I also love just the way they presented this is so good. Like, um, so you also get like a little inset on the Titantron of the little whatever you call it the little needle with the lines yeah, as they're going yeah, yeah and and so the and then it has like a comical ding or buzz depending on if you're lying so yeah. if you're telling the truth it's like, ding, and then if you're lying it goes Burr. so they get mr america down first question are you mr america yes ding mm-hmm. are you sitting in a ring in pensacola florida yes ding Mm-hmm. Um, Vince is patience throughout this whole question of Mr. America. He's slowly getting, he's like, he's like, all right, all right, let's get down to it. Ask him the question. And so the, the detective guy's like, you know, there's a method to this, Mr. Man, we have to do this. Are you currently employed by the WWE? Yes. Dang. Vince, just like seeing Vince, just his face, just slowly growing more and more pissed off and impatient is great. Um, and he says, all right, I'm a, uh, they said, are you, uh, Hulk Hogan? There's a delay. Because Hogan said, or sorry, Mr. America says he wants a drink of water. Vince has finally had enough. He wants to ask the questions. He pushes him out the way. Are you Hogan? We get a little bit of a delay. Mr. America says no. 
And ding, it pops up that he's telling the truth. Vince's reaction, whenever it dings on him saying, no, he's not yeah. Hogan, is amazing. <laughs> just lo- just loses it. Yeah. He's, he's incensed. Um, he asks him again with the same response, just keeps on asking over and over again, are you Hogan? Are you Hogan? It just keeps dinging and dinging. He's in complete disbelief, totally disheveled, um, losing it. Uh, he says, all right, he's going to prove that this is fake. So he puts him in the lie detector test. I can pass it. These, <laughs> And then he says, uh, these are not on court. Uh, Vince says that they can ask him anything. So they ask him some basic questions like, are you Vince McMahon? Whatever. Of course, he passes those. Mr. America then says, I want to ask the questions. Um, he asks him, are you the biggest asshole on earth? Vince says, no. And then we, of course, get the comic buzz. <laughs> Uh, and then his re- his reaction, he's like so sad. He goes, "I am." <laughs> it's just, I, I uh, am. Are you a sick, perverted power? Says no. Of course, it buzzes there. Um, he goes, "I'm a very well respected." He just says, "I'm a very well respected." Buzzes lie on that. Um, they if uh, then he says like uh, <laughs> he says I ding and uh he says i am not a pervert which this is one i feel like that's been mean before yeah. context like i'm not a pervert buzzing uh they then he asked him did you spend most of your time pleasuring yourself to tory's playboy uh he says no it buzzes lie on that he says it was last month that buzzes lie um he says in the limo on the way over ding that's the truth so he was beating his meat to the playboy on the way over in the limo uh, he says, I do not fantasize about May Young. That buzzes lie. Finally, Vince has had enough. He gets out, and of course, Mr. America punches him immediately. Mm. Vince's cell is ridiculous. Just a classic wooden Vince cell. Um, and we end the segment with Mr. America triumphing over Vince McMahon as he just got punched and you know humiliated by this whole thing. A classic Vince like tour de force, like yeah. ridiculous yeah. Vince segment. Like this to me, Keith almost made up for all the parts of this that suck because this was amazing. I love oh, yeah. it so much. <laughs> Absolutely. I mean, there's the scene. Which one is it? Where Vince is? Is it the one where he goes like, "I am not a pervert," and and then he just goes <laughs> like, his eyes wide open. It's <laughs> like, oh, like I love the that one. Expression. I I love that one. My his facial reactions are, yeah, tour de force is is a definite answer to that. Yeah. Ladies and gentlemen, the Oscar the Oscar goes to like you know he's he's so unbelievable in this. The, I, I love this, I love the I am that's my fucking one of my I, favorite. I'm not the I biggest. Am. Yeah, he's so like hurt by the crowd. Yeah, <laughs> I, I am. Uh, oh, it's like so a, and like credit to them too. Like the the comedic timing on the dings and the is like perfect. Like they yeah. really nailed it with this yeah. ridiculousness. Like. Uh, the sound effects are so good. Like the mm-hmm. stupid lines on the Titan Tron, Vince's facial expressions, like the ridiculous questions. The detective guys are so serious. Like they're yeah. so straight faced throughout all this absurdity. Like just everything about it. Like this is what this whole Mr. America thing should have been like every week. Yeah. It's just like, that's the problem. Like they, they should have been going this over the top ridiculous every week. Yeah, and it would have been. I, just can't, I can't get over the. I am. He's so sad. He's so sad to think that he really, he really thinks he's the biggest asshole. 
I'm a very well respected businessman. <laughs> it's it's just like it's just like Mo Mo on the Simpsons like, <laughs> yeah, lie detector. And it and then ho- is it Mo- no, it's Homer's that blows up, right? Does Homer's blow up? Yeah, or, yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's just it's the best. Oh god. Anytime there's a lie detector in wrestling, it's so good. But Vince Vince just yeah, this makes up for everything. Everything. And then oh. let's say you know, I'll give Hogan credit too. Like the way it like Hogan with the delivery of uh did you pleasure yourself in the limo on the way <laughs> or whatever? Like did you spend most of your time pleasuring yourself to the oh, point? Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah. This, it's so ridiculous. May Young. Amazing. <laughs> five stars. Again, yeah, maybe five makes star. up for all the bullshit. Absolutely. Maybe, yeah. Maybe I was wrong to criticize everything else, but um, and of course he blames Stephanie for this whole thing. And he says that next week, this is going to change. And if I, we'll see next week, I don't remember totally, but I want to say this might be the end of this. Cause I, I think Hogan might've bailed after this. I feel like they have like a real life, maybe it's not next week, but I feel like it's coming up pretty soon. I think Hogan's about to peace out on us. I don't know what the deal is. I guess we're going to find out. Yeah. I don't think, cause I don't think he makes it to the pay-per-view. Mm-hmm. So, right. Yeah. So, Piper's well, if it was, right? I think so. Yeah, I think yeah. Piper. Yeah, which you know what? Go out on top because they're not going to top this. No. Oh, so good. All right, we'll head. We head back to the ring. Speaking of Piper, his protege uh, Sean O'Hara is here. He's going to be facing Chris Benoit. So another weird match for Benoit. It's again for kind of a you know a possible upper card, you know, if you want him to be a main event guy, he's just sort of floating still. Uh, we see O'Hare showcases uh, martial arts strikes early on. Benoit comes at him, but he grounds Benoit with a chin lock. Benoit kind of gets fired up, but uh, Piper grabs his foot. Piper gets in, gets hooked in the cross face, but that allows O'Hare to kick Chris Benoit in the back of the head and then uh, pick up the win off of that. I, I do think it's a, you know, I guess it's weird to have but if you want to do something with him, I mean, it's a good win for him. Mm-hmm. I thought the match was like too quick to really showcase him that much. And like, if you're going to put him in a bin wall, let him have like a good 10 minute match and go. And I just almost feel like it's too little too late. He's been thought through all this Piper Vince Hogan stuff that it's, it's hard for me to like buy Sean O'Hara as like anything. Yeah. Cause he's been such a flunky that I don't really buy him as anything. I mean, stars, I mean, Ben, with the intensity and I looked fine, but it's a little too late. Mm-hmm. I agree. I agree completely. Um, it's it, they should have had him take a couple of weeks off. I feel like, and then and then bring him back into like heat him back up again. But I mean, he literally was there last week with with Piper, and mm-hmm. it was just, and and now all of a sudden he's supposed to be like because Piper's not there. And now it's like, okay, they're dropping the whole thing that him he was involved with Vince and Mr. America, and now they're going to try to get him, you know, to heat him back up with a win over Chris Benoit. Mm, no, it doesn't. No. Give him a couple weeks off, bring him back, start him back to get his heat back, and then maybe you got something. But no. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it comes off very forgettable. Mm-hmm. All right, uh, we get a recap of uh, Ray from last week winning the number one, uh, winning a match with uh, Matt Hardy, which is going to be next week in Anaheim. So he could kind of have a semi hometown crowd behind him, or at least a California crowd. And Ray says there's no doubt he's going to win the title next week. 
Matt comes into the frame and mocks him and says next week he's going to beat in front of his people. Uh, I like the focus on the way they shot this to really emphasize the size difference between these two. Mm-hmm. Like to remind you that that because they're kind of still playing off that uh, that Ray has a groin injury. So, uh, yeah, so I like this. I like a big TV match next week is kind of like a trope that I always dig. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then we find out that Ultimate Dragon is going to be here next week, too. So kind of random, but that's exciting. I'm a big, you know, I've always been a big Ultimate Dragon fan. Love him oh, in yeah. WCW. Oh, absolutely. I mean, he was... He was one of the great mainstays of the uh, cruiserweight division. So yeah, absolutely. I mean, that's the thing is that they have ton of they have a ton of talent that they could pull from at this point. And I just think that they're it, it, it's it's kind of similar to Raw where they're stuck with that just that weird booking of not knowing what to do with the undercard. You know. All right. So uh, next we'll have a, a debut as uh, we get a call up from OVW. Uh, it's going to be the Basham brothers. Uh, mm-hmm. got- are about to screw this up. Was it Danny and Donnie? Donnie and and, and Danny and Doug. Danny and Doug. Dickie and Donnie. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Danny and Doug. And they're going to be facing the uh, uh, the vastly different physiques of uh, Rikishi and Brian Kendrick here. Uh, <laughs> no hype for these guys, right? Like not, they didn't get any vignettes or anything. They just kind of show up. Like they didn't say at the top of the show. So just yeah. kind of ran, random call up here. Uh, Kendra gets worked over for a minute. Nothing really standing out about the new guys. Like I found they were solid in this match, but they didn't really have anything like signature. I thought that they brought out uh, Rikisha gets the hot tag, backs it up into both of them. They get the, uh, the double stink face as they're both in the corner and get the stink face. And all I could think here is like, this is definitely some like paying your dues, brother. Yeah. Like uh, rookies getting the stink face. Um, but they end up stealing the win actually from uh, Rikishi and Kendrick as they roll up Kendrick, um, and they do the whole uh, like one of them holds the other one's legs on the rope to get some extra leverage. So uh, yeah, not a whole lot going on here. Not an impressive debut, even though they did pick up the win. Um, I think you'll probably remember more of them getting the double stink face than anything. I want to start on the half. Definitely not a monumental mega push for the uh, the Bashams here, despite the win. Um, yeah, no, I, I think I scored it the same way. It's, they're just a, yeah, they're, they're just kind of a, yeah, I think I want to say, is this the T I think I forget which one of them. I, I think it was, uh, Doug Basham was the one that was like Jim Cornette's big heel in OVW. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, he, he went, he like, all of a sudden he found out he like, no, he was a favorite and he shaved his head. Because he was supposed to go up and and do mm-hmm. that, you know, and then and that's when that's one of the one of the promos that Jim cuts on uh, on um, I think it's on uh, what's his name Johnny uh, John Laronitis and how he's like, well, mm-hmm. damn man, you would have get let me have him, I would have had a hair match, I would have booked him in a hair match, <laughs> shaved his head, you know, and I mean it's just one of those. So yeah, I I like that. Um, it's just funny that it was like that, but yeah, no, it's kind of like meh. They're just a, they're, I guess I'm, I guess I shouldn't complain. Right. Cause I was saying earlier that like the tag team division kind of stinks and it's thin. So I guess bringing up a new team isn't too terrible, you know, but yeah. Yeah. We'll Look. see if they get any more, like, you know, if they try and give any kind of gimmick to them or any character stuff. Cause here they just kind of come out like some bald guys, like just yeah. kind of a random tag team. Yeah. Pretty nondescript. Mm-hmm. So. 
very nondescript. And I mean, yeah. getting a win over Spanky is not really gonna, you know, right. shoot you up, shoot you up the charts. <laughs> right. And I mean, technically you beat Rikishi, but Rikishi got his shit in. So yeah, yeah. Rikishi got his shit in. All right, so we go to uh, Vince, and his uh, limo is getting towed, and uh, Zach Gowan knocks on the window and mocks him. So just insult to injury on poor Vince. He's rough, rough night at the office for Vince. And, uh, then, uh, and that quickly, we're at our main event. I, I should say, because we had two – it's a pretty – the show is pretty heavy on the, the lie detector and the tag match. I mean, that's a good, like, 50% of the show. So the main event comes up pretty quickly. So we're at our main event. It's going to be the FBI in a handicap match against mm-hmm. The Undertaker and Brock Lesnar. But then we find out it's actually not a handicap match. Well, okay. Nunzio is not going to be there. He must be injured because they've really been playing him more like a manager. But uh, we find out that the replacement is going to be the big show. So yep. still a handicap match, but we have Johnny the Bull, uh, Palumbo, and Big Show. It's going to be your FBI tonight. Uh, Taker takes a little bit of a short beating, but then he takes over, hits old school. The FBI used the numbers to work on Brock, but he kind of fights out of it, hits a nice suplex. Taker gets a shot in. Gets uh, his shot in on Stamboli. Uh, show wants Brock, and so Brock gets in there. They go at it, kind of call him back from the pay-per-view. Again, more they have good chemistry, uh, all, going back to the stretcher match. like I kind of liked when Brock and uh, Big Show were in there with this. Uh, sure. Some some nice chaos here. Brock ends up getting choke slammed. The, the FBI jump him, but Taker's doing his best to save, getting, in, getting the steps and trying to clear house. Finally, he ends up getting the... in the win here on Brock in the tag match. But uh, I ended up going uh, two and a half on this one, uh, Keith, because I thought there was some good energy in this, and I thought the, the chaos was pretty good at the end. Mm-hmm. The only thing I'm not thrilled about here is that this would kind of hit that maybe we're going to run it back with Big Show, and like, are we going to continue having Brock feud a Big Show? Because I feel like a stretcher match is, stretcher match is a pretty – like it's weird to come back and continue a feud after a stretcher match and yeah. a decisive win at Judgment Day. So I'm not thrilled about that, but the match itself I thought was was a fine enough, pretty fun main event. Um, I agree. Two and a half is about is about right. Uh, I was. It, it's weird. What do they do with the Undertaker now? You know, because I feel like they don't want to go face face Undertaker and Brock, but I guess we're going towards that. Maybe I don't know. Eventually, I guess there's going to be that. That's the the marquee matchup as they had done previously, but uh, we'll have to see. Right. They, you're definitely starting to see like uh, with the Brock stuff, the, the roster split, the brand split is kind of bite them in the ass a little bit with this. Cause they're obviously struggling to find yeah. challenges for Brock. Like yeah. they did the Cena thing, which was not bad. Like they're just like, they don't know what to do. Cause they've kind of done taker and big show both mm-hmm. in the last like six months pretty definitively so it's kind of weird to run either of those back but they also don't have much many other options well, which would geez i mean mm-hmm. is lesnar basically the only people he fought the first his first go around angle show and undertaker i mean right pretty much yeah, yeah. 
I mean, he had the one match against The Rock. He had the match against Cena. But it's he fought Hogan. But, I mean, like, he's basically just fought those three guys. So, yeah, they need to they need to friggin' do something quick. <laughs> no wonder he leaves. <laughs> On the show, what did you... What did Hello? Am I losing you again? Hello? Hey, you still there? Yeah, I'm here. Yep. All right. Sorry, sorry. That's okay. What was the question that you asked? Yeah, I'll pick it up. We'll we'll go uh like overall for this for SmackDown. Okay, so yep. You can just pick it up. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean overall. So what did you think? Mm-hmm. I thought it was mm-hmm. good. I mean, I I thought it was interesting. I mean, obviously, it's funny because when we get to the awards, you'll hear what I what I really think. But I think overall it was a good show. I think uh, it was obviously saved completely by Vince. But the main event was fun, and I mean the tag match obviously is that friggin' tag match is amazing. So yeah. Yeah, I went like a 6 out of 10, like a little bit above average, like you said, because, I mean, there's some slop on here, but the the majority of the show is the three things you said, the main event, the lie detector, the tag title, and all those were, you know, all very good to, you know, great. Yeah. So mm-hmm. I ended up going 6 out of 10 with that, even though yeah. the undercard stuff was, uh, well, that was pretty blah. Mm-hmm. I would say, I do probably like 6.5. I don't. I want to say seven, but yeah, the other the stuff that was crap was crap. But I'll, eh, you know what? I'm gonna go seven, seven out of ten. I think just for Vince and the lie detector test and the tag match itself that brings it up. So it, it, it's it. This is kind of like almost a must see show. Yeah. yeah, the the lie detectors are pretty memorable. Like that's been sort of mm-hmm. like memed and stuff with and the. Going, I have got a pervert. <laughs> well, and going back to the beginning too, like the the. the the tease of Taz maybe coming like even that was kind of fun. So mm-hmm. yeah, I'll 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 say that. Okay. Mm-hmm. All right, some quick awards. Uh, best match. I think we're easily both going that tag match. Yep, absolutely. One hundred percent. Best moment. Pick yours from the lie detector test. I mean, any of them. I am not a pervert. The uh, I am that. <laughs> the same. You know. Same. <laughs> Any of those. Yep. Uh, best show. I think we're going SmackDown. Yep. LVP. Uh, Sable's a good can. I know you said Sable earlier. Is <laughs> that what you're Sable. going with? Sable's fine, yeah. <laughs> Sable's not a bad one. Okay. Um, I can go Sable. Like She's just, I don't know why she's here anymore. Yeah. And then MVP, I think I got, I think I got to go Vince on this. Oh, it's Vince again, absolutely MVP. <laughs> absolutely, yeah. Should have never doubted him throughout nope. this whole Mister. He brought it home in the end with the ridiculous. Mm-hmm. I did not pleasure myself in the little on the way here. <laughs> <laughs> I am. I mean, come on, so good. <laughs> Any other standout performers on these shows for you, Keith? Um, I mean, I liked, like, I think going back to Booker T, I think Booker T is always, always entertaining for me. Um, definitely, uh, 
gold dust like gold dust picking up a random win is just so awesome in 2003 and then really i mean i can't i can't sing the praises of uh shelton benjamin and, and charlie haas enough but i mean if i have to say team angle and then guerrero and tajiri Absolutely. Mm-hmm. You know, those are just those guys are. And and even though I kind of don't know why they were they didn't give him a break. I think Sean O'Hare at least has is showing kind of flashes of possible brilliance. But it just kind of stinks that he was I feel like they should have just given him a break and then brought him back to heat him back up again. You know. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah, I was a big fan of Jericho on these two. I thought he was really good on Raw. I thought that promo oh, cut on Goldberg right. Jer- was, was yeah, great. How can I, Jesus, how can I forget about Jericho's promo? It was, I, I loved it, yeah. So, yeah, I'll add Jericho in his promo. Probably because he didn't mm-hmm. wrestle, so <laughs> it's it's almost hard to mm-hmm. break a standout, guys, when they don't. But, no, Jericho was great in that, yeah. Um. All right, what you got to uh, plug, Keith? Um. I mean, you can always hear me on the North-South Connection, a la carte with Keithy every Every other Friday, um, it will be dropping, so please check that out. And then, of course, every week, GFA Live with Petey, my boy Petey. So check us out on SoundCloud, Spotify. Uh, We are not on any particular feed, but we are on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and SoundCloud, and also Podbean, whatever your podcatcher app is. And then you can usually hear me all over the North-South Connection and Place to Be Nation. So, yep. Perfect. Anyway, thanks for joining me again, Keith. Uh, we will thanks. be back in, in, in a couple of weeks, and we'll continue on the road to bad blood. Uh, thanks for listening to the uh, the Ruthless Aggressive Podcast, the best podcast on the North South Connection. All the content on all the content on North South Connection is Grade A. Ding ding ding. There you go. So check everything out. Um, thanks for listening, and we will see you next time on the Ruthless Aggressive Podcast. Bye.